For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Welcome to Sandman TV Talk. That's right. We got a uh, TV Talk here podcast, a full one, the full enchilada talking about the entire season that is Sandman. I'm Bo. And I'm the full Morpheus because you said the full full deal, like the full Monty. It's it's the full full Morpheus. I like it. I like it. That's uh, that's an eternal. uh, Wait, are they the Eternals, the Immortals, the the Everlast? What are they called? Uh the uh endless they're the, the endless. endless yes yeah okay all right all right what That's if i told pretty... you that i am the king of dreams neo different different morpheus however this Wait. did end on the catrix so in all fairness there is some <laughs> That's there is some true overlap it, there yeah what if i told you that i was captured in a basement for a hundred years neo that's why i couldn't find you earlier uh-huh <laughs> Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, no, this is great. We're gonna be talking about the Sandman. Uh, this is a, a a celebrated graphic novel that neither you nor I have read. But I got to tell you, after watching this series, I cannot wait to pick it up. Uh, I know that it has been tried to be turned into something—a movie, a series with various individuals attached to it throughout the years. But now we finally have it here on Netflix, and I'm in. Not to tip the bean can here or anything, but I, I I think they nailed it. I mean, this was fantastic. Oh yeah, I I, I loved it. And and now uh, to be to be fair, uh, Lucifer the TV show was based on the Sandman Lucifer, correct? That is correct. And actually, we're going to talk about uh, some of the decisions in casting and kind of twists with Lucifer and Constantine in particular. Uh, uh, that is definitely going to be a topic of conversation. But overall, before we dive into that, I, I'm very curious. What is your familiarity prior to watching this with the character of DC's Sandman? So I had very limited uh, knowledge of the character beforehand. I One of my roommates um, 
several years ago did have like the the Sandman omnibus, uh, and so I you know I saw a couple stories here and there, and I really liked the art of the graphic novel. I thought it was beautiful. Mm. Um, but as far as the character and the stories told within that omnibus, I was very unfamiliar. So I I, I had I, I I knew Sandman was a dude. I knew he was the king of dreams, um, and that was about it. All right, all right, fair enough, fair enough. Uh, my familiarity with the uh, with the character goes back to like the I, I was gonna say the original, but that's not actually true. The original Sandman actually appeared as a Jack Kirby character, and it was uh, back I want to say in the seventies with kind of the a, a costume very similar to what we saw in the dream sequence of the young boy in this uh, in this particular uh, series. But which was a great nod to that character. But I, I remember specifically the one where uh, the version of the character where he was wearing the fedora, he had the gas mask and, you know, was kind of going all about the place. When I heard about this Sandman, I remember when this graphic novel came out and people were talking about it. I remember seeing it and being very confused because the look of Morpheus is very different from everything I had known at that point about DC Comics Sandman. And that's okay, part of I, what made the series so incredible is that it completely took like a name, a recognizable, relatively recognizable name uh, in uh, in DC Comics at the time and completely reinvented it. Totally. Yeah. So I didn't know about the 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 Silver Age and then the like noir version of Sandman. I was only familiar with Neil Gaiman's representation as we see it in the show. Right. As kind of like dream embodied. And it's such a it's I think it's one of these situations where. Uh, you have somebody with a creative vision that takes things in in such a different direction and just completely tells their own story and makes it work so well. It reminds me to some extent of the reimagining of Green Lantern and just how like the original Golden Age Green Lantern and the Silver Age Green Lantern are completely different and share almost nothing in common and how confusing that was for a lot of people, but also <laughs> how incredible it was that reimagining became the iconic Green Lantern that we know today. Uh, what with with there still being a lot of love for the for the classic golden age version of the character. So anyway, all that to say, I have always known this was a graphic novel to pick up. This was something that that you know was widely celebrated. It's kind of like, look, if you like if you like comic books for grownups, right? If you're not just, it's not just for the kids, kids. All right, like if you're looking for something that is uh, got a little bit more of a, a Watchmen esque, you know, not talking down to you, but specifically kind of getting into kind of some grittier material, some more thought provoking material, then you've got to read uh, Sandman and specifically Neil Gaiman Sandman. So haven't read it yet. Definitely going to read it. That was my knowledge of the character going into this, and I was very much looking forward to seeing how this was done. And yes, okay. DC Comics, DC Universe, we all know that they've been having some issues right now. We're not going to go into some of the decision-making process over <laughs> with DC with what movies are still coming out and shouldn't be and what movies are no longer coming out but should be or any of that or what's going on with HBO Max or what does that mean for Harley Quinn or all the other DC shows out there. We're not going to talk about any of that right now. We're just going to talk about Sandman and how this was incredible. And yet, was there missed opportunities in this? Bell, you've already made mention of the fact that uh, the Lucifer that we've seen before from Netflix, by the way, because Netflix acquired that show, is based off of the same character from this universe, from this comic book. And that is absolutely true. They made some choices with this reimagining of the comic book. For example, we have two characters who, uh, you know, we have seen very recently on screen of Constantine and Lucifer, both portrayed by phenomenal actors who I think, 
I mean, I think it's safe to say, I mean, in the no disrespect to Keanu Reeves, but like two of the best like interpretations of these characters. Like they embody the character. It is a perfect mirror merger, whatever you want to call it, of character and actor. Think Tony Stark and Robert Downey Jr. It just makes sense. It fits together like like a glove. And they made, I think, the very bold choice in Sandman to go with kind of a gender swap for a lot of different reasons. But I think one of the most benefit is if you're not going to get those exact same actors, then you got to go completely different. That's my thought. But what about you? Yeah. Yeah. So I, uh, well, that was the thing that I had a question of. So was Constantine, like the, the Hellblazer Constantine from the comics, was that created by Gaiman in Sandman? No, I think, I think Constantine predated Sandman uh, and they just used that character in Sandman. Yes, and but there there is another like like the uh uh oh gosh uh Joanna uh Joanna Constantine the 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 past version the eighteen hundreds version that we meet right. in one of the episodes that was from I, I want to say that was original to to Sandman but I'm not hundred percent sure on that but yeah um when you uh, when you have uh you're, you're talking about from the uh, uh the we I guess got the your MVP. legends uh and the you know the the Constantine all right so the actor that's playing Constantine I'm blanking on his name but he's he's fantastic at the part. Yeah, so like you know, that started in the was it NBC show and then came to Legends. Yes, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Matt Ryan. No, not, not Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan is. It is. Matt no, Ryan. it is Matt Ryan. Yeah, Matt yeah, Ryan. Matt Ryan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Matt Ryan. Yeah, of course, it's Matt Ryan. I, I knew that, that the whole time. I was just testing you. Yeah, uh, yeah. Really <laughs> no, but Matt Ryan is great. He's great as Constantine. Everybody loves him as Constantine, and like he's like the guy that wouldn't die. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like a series gets canceled, then it comes back, then it gets canceled, then he sh- pops up on Arrow, then he's on Legends of Tomorrow, then he's in Crisis on Infinite Earths. Like he's all over the place, and I was like. It's interesting because I love Joanna Constantine. What they did in this series, like I love her character. It's the spirit of Constantine. It's the exact same vibe. And and I think she did a, a fantastic job with it. And I almost kind of almost want both of these characters to exist in the same universe. And like, you know, maybe she's like the daughter of like the John Constantine that we've known from all of, you know, these other series. And I, I just I want this to be connected. Is it so wrong that I want this to be connected? <laughs> yeah, I, I think it would have been I, I would have I would have, you know, peed my pants in excitement if uh, Matt Ryan were the Constantine in this show and that they got um, uh, Jenna Coleman to play the 1800s Joanna Constantine. Well, um, I'm not even opposed to her playing a modern Constantine or even like a like, I, you know, the great thing about DC is when they build up their legacy characters and then you have kind of, you know, a, gen- a generational growth of these different legacy characters and everything that's there. So I think like having like a Joanna Constantine in a modern context, because again, she was fantastic as that character. I just, yeah, I she, really, she did so good. That That's yeah. the thing, right? It's like, you know, at first I was kind of like, Oh, they're, they're gender swapping this Constantine. I was like, but, but Matt Ryan. And then I watched the episode and I saw her portray the character and I was like, okay, yeah, she, she's got it down. She understands. She was perfect. Yeah. She did the homework. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, well, I can't really be mad at that. And then, cause, cause I was looking at it and, and, uh, cause I didn't know about the 18th century Joanna Constantine from the comics. And I was like, is this, are they, are they taking like, like what was the source material here? Like, is this the actual Constantine that I'm thinking of, or is this like uh, a different creative choice where they're bringing a character from blah, 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 blah. And so like, that's when I found out that there was an 1800s version and I was like, Oh, okay. Okay. I see what they're doing here. Um, that's, that's neat. But uh, yeah, I, I couldn't really be mad at that because I, I thought Jenna Coleman did a good job as, as Constantine as well. But I mean, I don't know. Matt Ryan is, is, uh, you know, my Constantine. 
So oh, don't even do that. But I hear you. <laughs> I mean, I, I get the sentiment behind it. I so again, you know, the other one that we have to talk about, of course, Gwendolyn Christie, fantastic job as Lucifer. Oh yeah, oh yeah. That was the the scenes between uh, between her and uh, and Morpheus were just incredible. And and she yeah, she's always very like you know her presence is just is 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 this air of like superiority with her as Lucifer is really really good. I thought she did a great job. It's that combination of power and beauty that you want in a Lucifer character. And and there was a very darker twist on the, you know, there was a very darker take than the Lucifer, obviously, that we know from uh, the uh, the series from, you know, eventually it was on Netflix. Um, I'm trying to remember where it was originally uh, when that show was coming out. But was it not um, CW? Maybe it was. Maybe it was CW. It, it did. It was very CW there for a minute. So it, it's, it's very possible that it was the CW. But of course, the, the, the Tom Ellis a version of Lucifer would have felt a little weird here. But at the same time, I, I in my head, I, I do think it would have been cool to bring him in and give him a very different Lucifer to play because it's yeah. a multiverse. You know what I mean? Like, like maybe this Lucifer, I mean, obviously this Lucifer is much darker, is wanting, you know, isn't in that kind of like post. Uh, well, actually, have you have you watched Lucifer at all? I, I haven't, but it was on Fox, which explains why it was canceled because ah, every <laughs> yes. that's, that's how you know it was good because fox canceled it exactly 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 yeah. yeah no lucifer was great it was a it was an absolutely uh, it was a fun show and um you know they did a lot of really kind of uh, uh some crazy stuff with the lore and everything and you know by the by the end of it like do, can i tell you and not spoil it i mean well, this is gonna I mean, spoil lucifer is that okay yeah that that's fine okay well suffice to say Lucifer goes on a hero's journey and is very much the hero of that show, right? And by the end of it, the entire like cosmos is kind of reorganized to the point in which if this was going to be a shared universe or, or or like, you know, if this Lucifer was going to be the same Lucifer, it wouldn't make sense because he wouldn't be at that stage in the game trying to conquer earth slash heaven. Like that's not, at, you know, that's not his play where we leave Lucifer at the end of that series. I think that's, I think that's the best way to say it without spoiling what happens. Okay. And, so Tom Ellis yeah. is at like his, his portrayal of Lucifer is at a point in that character's arc where Gwendolyn Christie's Lucifer, their personalities it would, it wouldn't, it's fit. not even, it's not even the personality. Like, like, yes, the personalities is the, the, the Here's the thing. I'm not even concerned about the personality difference because I think that it'd be fun to see Tom Ellis play a very, more malicious lucifer and again you know it's that that beauty and power tom ellis embodies that as well like he's he's got that, <laughs> that kind of presence and everything i think he could he could do it quite well so it's not the personality point it's literally the like the cosmic geopolitical struggle between hev heaven and hell looks different by the end of lucifer than what is described here in this show if that makes sense okay okay so yeah so the uh there, there, there were some treaties uh, between the warring nations of heaven and hell, and so the the geopolitical landscape is just slightly yeah, different. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. They'd, they'd have to do a lot of like you know some bending over backwards and doing some you know crazy spaghetti noodles to to make to make it all work out. But again, it would have been fun to see Tom Ellis do that. That being said, I feel like I need to like like just voice this desire to see these two actors who like really just did a fantastic job with those roles and wish that they could be part of this, like, like far as much fun as the shows and the franchises they were attached to were. Sandman is so much better, so much better. And so it oh, would have been so really good. cool to see them plugged in here. That said, I cannot deny 
that Joanna Constantine or Constantine, if you will, and uh, and uh, you know, <laughs> Lucifer of Hell, Bri- Brienne of Tar, <laughs> is I mean, absolutely phenomenal character. So anyway, that's. That that's the big one. I want to talk about that first. I know that the funny thing is they're both side characters and the way that this entire story is structured. And I love the fact that each episode is kind of self-contained even as the series goes along. What did you think of the structure overall here with Sandman? So it was interesting, right? Like, um, uh, I, I, I will just go ahead and say right now that, um, episodes five and six two like, I guess you could say quote bottle episodes, mm. um, that were, uh, well, I, I guess five five is five is connected to the main to the main story. Well, no, let's um, talk about it. Like five, that's the diner episode, correct? This is yeah, your favorite episode seven, of the yeah, series. That, uh, well, five and six. I mean, it's it's kind of hard to 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 pick a favorite. I think I don't know. Yeah, um, six was also very very good. I really like. Okay, six remind as well. me. Okay, let's see. Now I need to look up the episodes. Remind me which one was six. Sound of her wings. That's the one where. Uh, it yes, immediately that was proceeds. my favorite. The death yeah. episode. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, it came it, d- directly after episode five. Uh, you know, episode six did. Um, so just just to clarify that for you. Um, Th- thank you for it's, that. It's the I one that came that. immediately after it, you know, uh, yes, and, uh, yes. as far as chronologically in the episode count. In, in secession. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> but yeah, but, but okay. Yes. So the diner and the death episode, those two episodes, it, I think universally have has got to be celebrated as two of the best episodes in a really fantastic series yes and so you know i i really like the first episode how it set everything up and um you know we the always plays a great villain uh, oh uh your boy from uh from harry potter no not 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 your boy from harry potter your, your boy from game of thrones uh tywin lannister Oh, him. Yeah, oh, you know, so him at the top of the, the show. I thought you were jumping to the diner, but yes. Yeah, no, yeah, no, no. I, I, we're, we're talking about the, the, the story and the chronology, right? Like, so, I, yeah, I, episode one, set everything up, really, really enjoyed that one. Then, we're, you know, he's getting his stuff back. Um, right. uh, you know, so, so th- those stories were okay. So he's, you know, he, he's, he's getting the things back that were taken from him. Um, and then, uh, a hope in hell, that was the last piece that he had to collect. And, um, episode two and three were, were okay. Episode four, hope in hell, like that, that, fight with uh with lucifer was great love that bit of it you know the, the fight with lucifer reminded me a lot of sword in the stone disney's sword in the stone with the wizard battle i have not seen that movie in ages so okay so the the you know it's the witch and the wizard and they are each turning into creatures to fight each other and they're taking turns it's literally the exact same concept okay okay yeah yeah and i was less interested in morpheus collecting his items um than i were at some of the other things that uh that happen in those episodes Right, uh, right. The backdrop was almost more fascinating than the story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, like especially like the challenge between like Lucifer and Morpheus. You know, like that mm. was that was really really good. Uh, great great lines coming out of that one. Twenty four seven. Like you know, th- yeah. This is the last piece that he's trying to collect. But that diner, it was just so awkward and so like visceral and just it was it was incredible. Like just one set this entire episode and there's so much going on in it and it was just so interesting and just such a great character study of all these people in there like these these are people that like in that one episode they've done more character development than like you know some tv shows do in an entire season Uh (laughs) i know you're right and it's it's wild because like you're spending time with all of these characters who by the end of it are going to be dead you know yeah and like you know, you're not even with your main character except for like five seconds beforehand. And I remember early on thinking like, "Oh, okay, so we're doing this. We're like diving in with this whole, 
backdrop and and you you get it right you get that we're about to participate in a thought experiment yes and the further you get in the more i I guess like you said awkward off-putting uncomfortable it becomes and the more like it's just it's just chock full of great moments and great little i mean like the acting and all of this with all of the 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 casting of the series as a whole is phenomenal but like that that one sequence man or that that entire that entire episode you're right it was it was incredible i was going along with it i thought the whole argument of is it like you know like is is the world really better if everybody just told the truth is that true and then the question of what is a lie and is a dream a lie and like all of these different kind of thought exercises yeah. i was down with it i enjoyed it and i even the uncomfortable nature of things i enjoyed up until People started like cutting their hands off and nailing themselves to boards, and like I was like, "Oh, okay, all right, we could see the bone. All right, I'm good. I'm out. I'm out." Yeah, yeah. I figured, <laughs> too I figured much you wouldn't me. like that bit, but like, but like, you know, it it, it plays into uh, in, into exactly the point that Dream's trying to make, right? That, right. that you know, uh, if if you're not you're not telling you're not you're not stripping uh, like lies out of these people, you're stripping their dreams out of them, and then this is what this is what the base of humanity is left without their dreams. Uh, and, and stuff like yes. that and so it's it's just this you know this visceral carnal uh disgusting aspect of humanity that's just laid bare when the when their dreams are taken from them right and so yeah like uh you know it didn't have to be so terribly gory and violent but you know i i, I think it, it it kind of you know nails the point home uh yeah, it worked it worked for what it was I, and i do understand it Oh, it just for me, I couldn't, I couldn't stomach yeah. it. I was like, yeah. okay, yeah. <laughs> I need to um, know if this is going to be this series. And then, like you know, the perfect marriage of these two episodes, I think, works really well because the death episode following was very different. It was almost like the comfort of death after the kind of total depravity of humanity. And you know, these two episodes working, you know, right, you know, right alongside each other, I thought was was really, really good. But I want to yeah. I want to jump more into the the next episode. But but I want to stay here for a second. Um, tell me more about this, man. Why did this episode speak to you? Uh, I mean, it was just it, it was it was so different. Like yeah. you know, you, you had this 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 chronological kind of story, and then we see John. Um, and 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 also, uh, I, I will say that that the the bit with John and the woman driving him, uh, like I guess the Good Samaritan or. Yeah, that was intense. Oh, super, super intense. And then, like, you know, this episode just takes that because, like, you see that and it's like, you know, he doesn't do anything to her. He gives her the amulet of protection. And you're like, okay, well, you know, maybe, maybe there's something to him. Maybe, like, yes, he did kill those people when he was escaping, but they tried to harm him and he told them not to. And, you know, maybe there's something in, in his, in his weird logic and thought process of the universe that, makes will make more sense when we see him more but like no it's 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 very it's it's laid bare right in front of you in episode five where it's like you know it, it it's it's certainly not like he, he's not he's not who you think he is <laughs> he's not well, he's he's not just trying to like you know make the world better by making people be you know be honest and 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 for that honesty to like become like coming from a noble place right we're not honesty doesn't always come from a good noble place and, and that's I think right we kind of saw that um well he's yeah. he, he he sees himself as the anti-hero right uh yeah and it, it kind of you know you you skip ahead to the end when um uh dream is talking to the the serial kill- killers at the freaking serial kill- killer convention which is a fantastic concept and oh, horrifying. Yeah, yeah. yeah uh 
you know, when he basically says like, I am taking away your ability to lie to yourself. Like that's what he essentially does to the serial killers. What, you know, John was do, wanted to do to all of humanity. And the idea was like, like you, you, you know, all of the justification that you tell yourself that, that makes all this right. I'm taking this away so that you have to deal with the reality of that. And you know, the twist of course is that John was justifying everything that he was doing because he was, you know, in his own mind, hated lies. And as long as he could remove, you know, if, if he removed lies and that was the justification so that everything horrible that happened, he wasn't the one do, that was doing it. And so yeah. I think that it's, it's, it's funny how that moment mid season really kind of plays in, in so many different ways to the, the end of the series, man, I want to talk about the, the death episode. Uh, but first we're going to take a quick break. Uh, we'll be right back to talk about that and just kind of the, the series as a whole as well. Keep that going. We'll be right back. More great TV talk up in just a few minutes, but first we got to pay a few bills. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the, did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. And we're back. Haha, that's right. Told you we would be. Uh, <laughs> death comes for us all. And uh, may she uh, look as beautiful and be as kind as the death that we see here in this in this world. 
early on when we first meet Death, we don't know who she is. We know that she's one of Dream's siblings, but it's never quite clear up until it becomes very clear. Belle, did you pick up on who she was pretty early on or or was it kind of a, a surprise when it was revealed? I uh, I misread the Ankh. I, I, I forgot the Ankh in Egyptian mythology was for, uh, God, is it Osiris? It's the god of death souls in the afterlife and stuff so so yeah so i i wasn't i wasn't entirely sure like uh who she was i was thinking maybe she was maybe she was like love or something like that at, at the beginning mm-hmm. um but uh yeah uh when they go to the old man's house i was like well maybe he's lonely and and, and she's going to like you know bring him some kind of uh of comfort and love but no <laughs> but it was very <laughs> it was very strange seeing uh an interpretation of death like that you know, like like a, yeah. a comforting, yeah. uh, a comforting aspect, and like you know, like she says, you know, after years and years of doing this, it's just all the people need are some kind words and a and a, and a smiling face, you know, and uh, that was super super cool. Uh, it was very, amazing. Very it was amazing to see her like the love that she had for humanity too. Just even just kind of like walking down the street and having interactions with people that were not about to die, um, and just kind of you know really embracing kind of the precious moment that she gets to have with all of these people. And, you know, with, you know, like the, you know, the old man, it's almost, it's sad, but it's also kind of like, you know, he's lived a very full life, but then you see, you know, the, the younger guy who's out on his honeymoon and he's worried about, you know, the, the plane tickets on his phone. And, you know, I, I, I feel like I can kind of relate with that. Cause I always feel like, okay, if I get in a car wreck, you know, <laughs> like somebody's <laughs> got to pick up the kids from school and there's like, you know, like there's things that have to be done. And the reality is we don't always, well, we don't always, we never get that choice in terms of when we're going to clock out. And even with the baby, when she just picks up the baby, every parent's like absolute worst nightmare of, you know, your child just dying in cradle for no reason, which happens. And, you know, she just, she just says to the baby, like, Hey, that's it. Yep. That's all you get. And it's like, man, it's so sad, but it's also, there's a preciousness to it as well. And I think the way they, you know, showed that was really great. And I love that they juxtapose that in the exact same episode with this concept of a character who cannot die and what his life experiences are. And that no matter whether or not he was on top or at the lowest low, he was like, no, I want to keep going. You know, and I think at the beginning of that episode, they really showcase the beauty and death as a natural part of life. And as sad and as tragic as we feel, you know, the embrace of that uh, inevitability there is a beauty in that and there is a comfort in that, but then also juxtapositioning like the, with the human spirit and like the human like drive to survive and thrive regardless of where you're planted or where you are or what, you know, whatever hand you're dealt uh, at any given time. And just that, that constant, like, you know, the heart keeps on pounding and not wanting to give up. And I thought that that was really amazing how they explored that in that episode. Yeah, it, yeah, you're right. Like the juxtaposition there of like you know death killing people, even a baby right here, and then death wasn't uh, killing. No, no, she wasn't killing well, people. She was taking. She was, she meet, was taking. Yeah, she was meeting them at that at the end of their at, life. At, right, right, right. Death meeting people at the end of their life. Uh, you know, we have the, the whole gamut. We have an old man, uh, two young men, and then a baby. And uh, you know, yeah, the 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 difference, you know, there, and then her granting this man the ability to live forever with dream, you know, cynically thinking that like, no one, no one would want that. And then he's like, yes, of course. It's like, my wife died. My kid died. Uh, everything was taken from me. And that's like, well, or, or, or Morpheus is like, well, surely you want to die now. And he's like, no, there's so much more to do. And like, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and he's just like, what? Right. <laughs> that was, that was so, yeah, it was very, very interesting. 
uh, a look there. And, and, and it's, I don't, I don't think it would have worked as well had those two stories not been sandwiched in that episode together. I agree. I agree. It, it worked out so well. Um, all right. Let's talk about the villain here with the Corinthian, an absolutely terrifying, charismatic, uh, a serial killer, a nightmare that got away. Um, he was an interesting foil for not necessarily for Dream, but uh, for Rose, who ends up being this, uh, you know, I think they called it the vortex and where all dreams kind of circulate, you know, uh, could, she could kind of consume all dreams and all dreams kind of came towards her. And it was almost like this weather pattern that had to be dealt with or like this, um, uh, you know, this this natural occurring oddity in all of existence that occurs from time to time that dream has to, you know, get rid of because it could destroy an entire universe. And in fact, in the past, apparently it did destroy an entire universe. And so, you know, we, we're kind of with this morally gray situation where we find this girl Rose, who we like very much. She has a brother with an extremely tragic situation that she's trying to find and rescue. Um, and then at the same time, we know that her very existence threatens the, all of reality. And so, what do you think about Rose? What do you think about uh, you know the way in which we see um, the the Corinthian kind of play into all this? Was he a satisfying villain? Was Rose, uh, you know, was she a villain? Was she a hero? What are hero? What are villain? <laughs> you know, in this? What are your yeah, thoughts, so the, man? Well, the Corinthian was in, it was interesting, right? Because like you know, he wasn't a yes, he was a villain. He was a bad guy. He was a a, 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 a nightmare that had overstayed his welcome in the waking world uh, where he did not belong. And, uh, you know, like the, the, the speech at the end, I think, I think was, was satisfactory, right? Like, yeah. you know, uh, dreams conversation with him right before he destroyed him was, you know, not that he was angry with him, that uh, he didn't wish to punish him. He wished to uncreate him because he did such a bad job. Like dream, dream took that on himself because it was his creation. Right. And so, right. you know, the whole point of dreams and nightmares is to inspire people. Um, and he wasn't doing that. He was killing them. <laughs> and so, mm-hmm. uh, so, so yeah, like I, I, I think, um, I mean, he's, he's interesting, right? Like, you know, he, he likes his freedom. He would rather, all the worlds be destroyed than for him to go back into the endless. But I feel like he's less of a character more. He's less like a, of like a character than he is an opportunity for Morpheus to grow. Yeah. To take so ownership, I, you know, you mean kind of of like his own uh, agency. Cause I mean, like that's the thing, right? Morpheus goes throughout this entire series depressed and emo, which Okay. <laughs> you know, like, I, I, know, I mean, like, yeah, that, I, I see it. I, I definitely see it. And so having him kind of re-engage with existence in kind of a meaningful way and not sleeping his eternity away, so to speak. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Cause, cause it's interesting because like this whole, you know, the, the, the characters mentioned it a couple of times where, you know, dream has, uh, uh or Morpheus has, uh, grown and changed and and like you know he you know his original idea was that no you know your your fate is your fate and you don't know there's no opportunity to change um but uh you know you had the nightmare who was taking care of jeb jed not jeb i keep on wanting to say jeb because jeb bush but (laughs) but like you know uh, like please please clap yeah it's interesting because they're very they're very similar kind of characters where uh the Corinthian was kind of latched onto that aspect where he's like, I'm basically driving the ultimate change in these people by killing them. 
<laughs> and then um, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Gosh, what was her name? Uh, the Nightmare Gold. Gold, yeah, Gold. Um, got tired of it and was like, I don't want to do this. I don't. I don't want to inspire people by scaring them. So I'm going to inspire them by doing good stuff and and uh, you know being kind and showing them kindness, especially to uh, to this particular child who is is having a, a horrible, horrible childhood yeah and can we talk about this real quick though because i think gold was especially interesting the way that they really as much as she hated her job they also portray are, are explained like no nightmares serve a very important purpose because without them people can't confront the unconfrontable in their own world it gives them it gives them a place to process uh the unspeakable or, or the the terrifying i thought that was really interesting yeah 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 and 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 uh yeah, it's just a fascinating concept, right? Uh, I never really thought about nightmares like that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it just it just makes me want to read the comic book even more because uh, Gaiman has some really really interesting uh, concepts that he's raising in this, and 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 they and they definitely came through in the show. A lot of times you'll you'll see some of those you know adaptations and whatnot will sort of like you know lose the forest through the trees or lose whatever it is right. you know. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't feel like that at all in this. No. Um, yeah. A lot of, lot of super interesting concepts. And so, yeah, like the Corinthian, uh, and, and gold are kind of like, you know, opposites of one another where, where they, they, they took it, they took their purpose, uh, two different directions where gold had more of an understanding of, of, of what her place was and what she wanted to do. But the, the way in which she was doing it was, uh, was an affront to her and she was tired of it and like didn't like causing that, that pain. Whereas the Corinthian just indulged in it and loved it. Right. And, yes. uh, yeah, and, and and again, that was the failure on uh, on Morpheus's part, and that speech that they have at the end there, kind of like you know, close that up. And so I, I like the Corinthian as kind of like you know, the uh, I guess the the kind of like the final step that Morpheus needed to take to uh, like fully grow there at the end. Mm, yeah, yeah. Like I don't know, I, I he he was pretty cool too. Like every time he come on screen, I was just. I was just nervous that like oh like like the house sitter that was house sitting for Rose. I was like oh man this guy's gonna die like this guy's gonna die yeah exactly it's like, yeah it's like oh you're cute I'm like nope 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 uh -uh. Like, oh, and then every bad. anytime anybody got like all like like cutesy with him I'm like you're asking for it you literally like literally like he's he's got serial killer vibes come on people <laughs> yeah like the right. social worker you know and stuff right. like that yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, he, the I, social work when you think the kid gets the message off, but then you find out that yeah, you know, she's about to die, and then not only that, but like he, she, she never even got the message. Like that was oh, so tense. that was awful. Yeah. That was so yeah. frustrating. Yeah, and so but, you know, yeah, go ahead. I don't know. It's just it's, I don't know. It's it's kind of weird uh, to to talk about uh, the Corinthian because like it it's almost like he wasn't really a fully fleshed out character, but his purpose there was to was to to drive the growth of of, of Morpheus. Well, uh, and I think that's fine because ultimately he wasn't, you know, our quote unquote big bad. He wasn't the one responsible for everything that was going on. He was kind of right. playing the game along with it. When it all comes down to it, we find out that our, our kind of primary villains are despair and desire. These two twins that have it out for dream, but we don't know why. Now, you know, I've already mentioned like the casting is incredible and they got the the same uh, person who did um, shoot. Okay. And Cowboy Bebop. Yeah, in Cowboy Bebop. I uh, don't recall the character name in Cowboy Bebop. But okay, okay, I can't yes. remember. But, but there was a lot of complaints about that the take on that character in Cowboy Bebop and how it completely, like, you know, re. I mean, there's a lot of 
There's a lot can be, that can be said about some of the choices made in Cowboy Bebop. <laughs> That's very true. Right. But here we get a chance to see this person really shine. And I'm, I'm blanking on their name, but but uh, really fantastic uh, as, as uh, Desire. We didn't yeah. get a lot from Despair, um, although she was insanely creepy and the whole cutting herself thing was um, highly uncomfortable. Yeah. Highly uncomfortable. Well, uh, like the only yeah. the only real indication that we get that uh, the reason why they're mad at him is, is, is uh, Desire says at one point that, you know, oh, Morpheus thinks his domain is so much better than ours. But I, I get the feeling there's something a little bit deeper than that. It's not just. Right. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but I, I feel like if we get a season two, that that's what they're going to explore. Well, but it's all a metaphor. I don't know if you picked up on this, but it's definitely a metaphor. (laughs) (laughs) So, so I guess the question is, what is it about our desires and our uh, despair that would want to eradicate our dreams or overpower our dreams? Is it that our dreams get in the way of what we actually desire or what actually causes us or, or do dreams cause us to desire what we can't have or to, to despair? You know, like, I feel like there's gotta be something like that. Yeah, like dreams are an escape from despair, yeah. uh, you know, hmm. or yeah, or or perhaps um, dreams cause us to desire things. And so therefore, the dream is what causes the desire, ah, not the other way the, around. The power that desire or the dreams have over our desires and over our despair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, interesting. OK, OK, I can see that. I can see that. I, yeah. I thought it was cool that their realm was a heart as well like you know the a big giant like golden humanoid form in with a heart in the middle of it i I thought that was like really super cool looking yeah um yeah and and then the 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 nice curved and red and glistening yeah that was a really cool set that was great looking forward to seeing kind of how it all plays out and as that gets explored and and what we hopefully will get as a season two fantastic series overall there's there's so many different characters so many different messages throughout it's it's impossible you know it, it's the it's the downside to doing a binge watch and then talking about it on a podcast because you can't you really can't do this series justice in, in just one podcast and yet here we are um any final thoughts though like uh any, any uh anything else you want to make sure to kind of cover before we uh before we close it down yeah i didn't realize this until i was looking at the wikipedia page but mark hamill was the he's voice the, of he's the Mer- pumpkin, pumpkin dude yeah yeah. yeah and and i will say that uh uh as soon as gilbert came on the screen i was like that dude's a dream <laughs> oh yeah fiddler's <laughs> yeah. green uh that's a from a song right fiddler's green um fiddler's green is a place i know well where a fisherman uh, goes when he don't go to hell the lakes are all something and the something is free i can't, I can't remember the way the song goes but it's something like that yeah I, I think it's irish folklore right it must be uh, yeah but yeah like i mean like you said it's it's really hard going in like going into this series and trying to do the whole thing at once <laughs> there's just there's so much to talk about like, i mean like each episode uh could demand you know an hour-long podcast and stuff like yeah. that uh yeah but yeah I, I i thoroughly enjoyed it i i mean i i, I will be honest like I, I love the first episode uh two and three i was kind of like oh, okay and then when four kicked in the rest of the season i was like this is this is incredible um and then of course yeah. we got the, the 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 but but this this show goes to 11 uh <laughs> a little <laughs> little extra extra bit at the uh at the end there like dream of a thousand cats that was really cool the the animation in there was really neat mm. um uh and then uh kelly uh calliope Cal- uh, Cal- Cal- one of the Calipoli. muses yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Calliope, 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 maybe Calliope. Something like that. Yeah, uh, that was an interesting story. 
um you know yeah and 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 that was the that was the post episode 10 dream we got to see you know there 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 has been a change in him right and because you know that was another episode where they mention it and so you know we got to see all this growth of morpheus and uh yeah it was just it was just super super cool i i didn't really know what to expect because i haven't really read the source material um there are a lot of people online who hadn't seen the show complaining about stuff because it hadn't come out yet and i i mean i don't know i i i hope they saw it and they they got what they wanted out of it but yeah i i'm just i've just been inspired to read the books now and and i think that's that's what any show could really you know ask for that's adapted from uh, another source material so um yeah it, it was fantastic i thoroughly enjoyed it and i would highly recommend it the actress that played Rose, uh, Vanessa uh, Simunia, I believe, or Simunye, I want to say, not 100% sure, terrible with names. Anyway, she's relatively <laughs> new. Like, I don't, I think she was pretty much kind of unheard of or unknown prior to this. And she has got a she great, was great. Ca- she got a great career ahead of her. This was a good one. This was like, in terms of like your first uh, outing, this is a, this is a major home run. So looking forward yeah, to it. Yeah, she, she uh, did really, really good. Yeah, seeing more from her. All right, well, there you go. It's a five out of five for me, Doc. Five out of five, yep. Yeah, I mean, it's it's incredible. Go out and see it. You're going to like it if you haven't uh, streamed it yet. We've just spoiled everything for you. Maybe, maybe not. No, we did. We spoiled everything. Enjoy it. It's so good. It's so good. Uh, Bell, uh, the folks can follow us. They can find, oops, the folks can follow us. They can find all of our information and, and such on uh, the TV talk.fm. Uh, you're getting some great stuff coming your way. We've got uh, some minis heading your way for House of the Dragon. We got some uh, uh, minis heading your way for She-Hulk. Bell, you want to give a quick what your thoughts on She-Hulk was? Are you a thumbs up or a thumbs down? I'm a thumbs up. I'm excited to see where it goes. Honestly, I was I was super sad that the first episode ended when it did. I was like, "Come on, give me some more. I like this." this oh, it is, was this short, like wasn't it? Yeah, it was super short. Like <laughs> that was my that was my biggest complaint. Is is too damn short. Like, <laughs> give me more episodes. Drop two. Drop two. Yeah. If you're gonna do that, drop drop the first two. Come on. Well, we'll have uh, we'll have the 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 She Hulk mini uh, headed your way right before uh, episode two comes out, and then we'll have them uh, pretty much the next day from that point on. So, uh, look for that heading your way. Uh, and, and until next time, for me, from Bell, from Bell's mom. Captain America fuck <laughs> We'll be back in a flash. Hi mom, sorry I had to get in there. Ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.